I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life that I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught, find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle, and then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets, a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Todd, and today I have with me my daughter, Aaliyah. How are you today, Aaliyah? I'm doing excellent. How are you? I'm doing very well. Any invitations you want to update us on? Well, I've been working on the one that was like, I think the invitation was just pay your tithing. And the blessing was, um, you will... Let's see, what does it say? The desire for material possessions will diminish. Mm. Um, and so I've thought a little bit about it this week because it like like throughout the week. And I haven't, I don't feel like I've noticed a distinct difference this week. But that could either be because I didn't think about it and reflect about it enough. Or it could be because I've just been paying tithing for a really long time. And so, like, that's not a change that has recently happened. Maybe I've been experiencing that for a while and I just didn't, like, wasn't aware. So, I don't know. Maybe I'll think more about it. Or maybe I'll just assume that that blessing has already been given. (laughs) Okay. I don't know that you've ever really focused a ton on material possessions. I mean, we all have our things, but uh, it's pretty easy for you to say no sometimes to things. So, maybe... Maybe that's a blessing you've received that you have not yet recognized. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, we also have with us Rivka and Burke. How are you today, Burke? I am doing wonderful. It's a lovely Sabbath day. I got the dog sleeping right here next to me. What could be better? What could be better? That does sound tremendous. I'll tell you what's not better, having a cat sleeping next to you. So dog is definitely better. <laughs> Amen. Um, Amen. <laughs> so any invitations you want to update us on? I'm still working on my study of Jesus Christ in the topical guide, and I don't have anything new to report other than I have indeed done more of it this week. So, I found it interesting, Burke, that President Nelson in the Christmas devotional, which we just finished watching, um, renewed his invitation, not expressly about the topical guide, but just to study Jesus Christ and his life. Um, so that would be one way to do it. So he, he's still focusing on that. So it is, it is worthwhile. I will reiterate again. If you haven't done it, you should do it. Awesome. I love it. Well, next we have Rivka. How are you today, Rivka? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to be here. Good. Happy you are here. Everyone else listening is happy you're here. So we're all happy you're here. Um, what did you do for your invitations recently? Uh, so I have been working on, um, noticing the service, the, you know, unheralded service that people do. And I, we are just about to begin, um, interview ministering interviews as a Relief Society presidency. It's our first round cause we were all just called and, because I've been doing this and focusing on it, I am looking forward to sharing some of Elder Bednar's thoughts about that as a reminder um, to the sisters who are who are 
serving as ministers to other sisters and and taking a moment to feel grateful for all of them and express that gratitude. So it's just another way. It's like enriching something I'm doing. Yeah, I love it. That's a really great way to apply that. What a good idea. So I don't really have anything new to report. I'm still doing the same things I've been doing. So let's move on to our talk today, which is humble to accept and follow by, oh, let's see. Rivka just told me how to pronounce it. Elder Joni L. Coke. Johnny L. Coke. Yeah. Johnny L. Coke. And she looked up how Elder Oaks pronounced it. So I'm going to go with Elder Oaks, Johnny L. Coke of the 70. And obviously the talk is about humility. I actually have to give a talk about humility. Well, let me rephrase that. It's about the attributes of Christ from Preach My Gospel. And I chose humility um, because I need to work on it. And uh, so now I've just decided I should just get up and read this talk and nobody will be the wiser. So anyone who is in my ward, you know, (laughs) just be on the lookout for that. Um, But we are going to learn about what he has to say about it and what Preach My Gospel has to say about it because he quotes it. (laughs) I thought of you the whole time, Aaliyah. Me too. (laughs) Good. (laughs) As did I. But we'll start with (laughs) we'll start with Burke today. So what was your fundamental doctrine, Burke? So he quotes Alma chapter five, and he says, could ye say if you were called to die at this time within yourselves that ye have been sufficiently humble and reading that I'm wondering now if I need to rename the Bednar index to the Alma chapter five index. <laughs> because Absolutely. It is, rhetoric, it is deep probing rhetorical question after rhetorical question. And uh, yeah, the other thing that caught me from that phrase that I don't think I ever noticed the word before was called to die. I don't have anything to add to that, but if you were called to die at this time, I never thought about death being a calling, but anyway, that's that's probably a tangent right there. (laughs) But the point is, are you sufficiently humble? And I'm just going to have to say, no, I'm not. So you can examine yourselves, but I'm not, I'm not humble enough. Wow. Okay. Well, um, Rivka, Leah, I think we should just end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We did it. (laughs) Can you die today knowing that you are sufficiently humble? I I don't even know if you could say yes to that. Could you be right? I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That was always my joke with Aaliyah, the old preach my gospel. You rated yourself on a scale of like one to five for all the attributes of Christ. And I was like, Aaliyah, Mm -hmm. I scored like a five on everything except humility. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like from Groundhog Day, me, me, me. Oh, I'm really close on this one. (laughs) I think later in the talk, he addresses why that might be coming from a place of a misunderstanding of what humility is. Indeed, he does. But since Burke started right out of the gate with that first paragraph, I feel like we have to go into his amazing story that he tells right after that. Yeah. Um, And I was so, what's the right word? Like just... Not stunned, but it was just amazing how he told the story where he is clearly, you know, not the hero of the story. Um, Does anyone want to recap that for us? No takers. I think you should. (laughs) All right. Well, I loved it a lot, so maybe I should. But so he's, you know, he's driving his wife and his daughters to his business and Um, it says I was in charge of the company that, uh, you know, the area where he was in charge of, of that company. I love this line. 
My real purpose was to show them a place where, unlike our home, everyone would do exactly what I asked them to do without questioning me. (laughs) And I felt that in my bones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, did I feel that, too. Um, And then as he gets to the front gate of his place of business, usually the car or the gate just opens for his car. And he didn't explain the logistics of that, but presumably there's some guard back there who recognizes him and presses the button because he says, he goes on to say, a security guard I had never seen before in my life came to the car and asked me for my ID. And his answer was absolutely classic. He even calls it classic. He says, do you know who you're talking to? Which is like (laughs) just the worst way you could answer that, right? Do you know who I am? Right in the Um, middle of the talk when we were listening to it, all of us were like, oh, (laughs) did you not just say that? This is not going to go well. Uh, (laughs) Because if you have to ask that question, clearly the answer is already no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you're you're asking for your own ego, right? Uh, Oh. Well, the security guard's like, no, and you don't have your ID, so I'm not letting you in. Um, you know, and then his his wife was like, oh, I don't know this guy. And his daughters, you know, just everyone was like, what are, what do we get ourselves into? Who are we with? And then he concludes having to go back home, get his ID um, to get in. And he says, when we choose not to be humble, we end up being humiliated. Oh, Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, he just starts out with a one-two punch. Alma just saying, could you die today knowing that you've been sufficiently humble? And two, when we choose not to be humble, we end up being humiliated. Well, is that the way God does it? You can either choose to be humble or you can be compelled to be humble? <laughs> that That is the way. Yes, that is absolutely the way. And either way, um, you know, you can you can get there. But But clearly the way to choose to be humble is the better way. So... Um, anyways, I, I loved that, uh, opening story. It just like really, really stuck with me. Um, so let's go on from there. Um, actually, before we go on, I did want to add one quote from Elder Maxwell. He says it is better if we are humbled because of the word rather than being humbled by circumstances yet the latter may do. And then in his very Maxwellian way, he says, famine can induce spiritual hunger. Um, I loved that quote about humility. So yeah, it's going to get us there. And um, uh, having some trials in your life can, like famine, can induce a spiritual hunger, but how much better to humble ourselves. So, all right, now let's go on to other people's uh, fundamental doctrines and we'll go to Rivka next. Okay. What do I pick? Uh, The heart, I put a heart by the pop quiz, but I don't think that's really a Fundamental doctor. I just thought that was awesome. I mean, fundamental questions. Fundamental questions. It's true. That seems like a lot. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay. <laughs> Here's the pop quiz he gives us. Um, that he. I'm sorry. Here's the pop quiz he invites us to take individually. Um, four questions. First, do we mention the full name of the church in all our interactions? President Russell M. Nelson said to remove the Lord's name from the Lord's church is a major victory for Satan. Two, are we letting God prevail in our lives by accepting our prophet's very specific invitation to lead out in abandoning attitudes and actions of prejudice? Three, are we overcoming the world 
trusting the doctrine of Christ more than the philosophies of men, as our prophet taught? And four, have we become peacemakers, saying positive things to and about people? And then again, he quotes President Nelson, and I love this quote. If there is anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy that we can say about another person, whether to his face or behind her back, that should be our standard of communication. And this little pop quiz is for us to take to see how we are doing in developing the quality of humility, which he defines, oh, I, sorry, which preach my gospel defines as a willingness to submit to the will of the Lord and to be teachable. So there you go. I love it. And all of those things, you, you said it each time Rivka, but just to reemphasize it, he specifically selected counsel from our prophet, right? And here's his little Alma. Yep. Um, you know, Alma index pop quiz of like, pick these pop quiz yourself or how are you doing on these? So yeah, um, they're all aspects, but really I think the pop quiz is for humility and, uh, meaning willingness to submit and being teachable is how are you doing in, in embracing and following the counsel of president Nelson? Indeed. Exactly. Thank you for clarifying that. Also Rivka you always have a bit of a, like a spiritual, emotional struggle, stealing other people's fundamental doctrines. I, I know. And then you read the preach my gospel quote before yeah, Aaliyah's turn. Really I, out of Aaliyah. I know. I know. I know. But it, it was the context of the pop quiz. Uh, How could you? Um, <laughs> I just did it. I just did it. I almost said, sorry, Aaliyah, right as I was doing it. Uh, That's okay. Betrayed. I forgive you. <laughs> uh, well, you you definitely are forgiven, Rivka, because it was critical. But Elia, did you have any other thoughts on that definition of humility? Yeah. Um, let me think. Well, I like the end where it says it's a vital catalyst for spiritual growth, because in Ether twelve twenty seven we get like the end all be all formula for change, um, through Christ, and it's humility. <laughs> Is, is it basically um uh-huh. and so i think ironically even if you're trying to develop humility you have to be humble <laughs> like if you're trying to develop any christ-like attribute humility is the first thing to like look at you know right because it, it means submitting to the will of lord and being teachable so that that's right. the basis of adopting all those other characteristics. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, great. Well, he does go on a little bit um, to, to talk more about humility and sort of flesh out that um, definition. But before we get there, is there any other fundamental doctrine that you wanted to discuss, Aaliyah? Um, well, there was one other part. It was right after the pop quiz that was focused on profits. And he says, during this conference, we've heard and will yet hear the unfailing counsel of our prophets and apostles. And I just highlighted the phrase unfailing counsel. So the implied doctrine there for me is the counsel of our prophets and apostles is unfailing. And I've been reading in Third Nephi where Christ appears in the Americas. And after he ministers to them one by one and they're worshiping him, the very, very first thing he does instead of like teach them or baptize them or, or whatever is call a prophet. 
that's very first after he ministers to them. And like he just backs up his prophets all the time. And so therefore, because he's telling prophets to do things, the prophet's counsel is unfailing because it comes from God. And so I just like that kind of definition, like that adjective to to put on the prophet's counsel. Awesome. I love it. Unfailing. It's a great word. Well, I want to go back to Rivka and we talked about, I wanted to go back to something you said where we talked about, you know, if you say, well, yes, I've developed sufficient humility, then maybe you've disqualified yourself from actually having sufficient humility. And Rivka, you had an interesting answer to that about, well, maybe he explains that a little bit more. So I just wanted to explore that thought and see what else he discusses about humility here that, that helps answer that question for you. Um, just above defining this, he says, some people confuse being humble with other things such as, for example, being poor, but there are actually many who are poor and prideful and also many who are rich and humble. Others who are very shy or have low self-esteem may have an outward appearance of humility, but deep inside are full of pride sometimes. Um, and so when we're talking about like, well, if I know I'm, if I know I'm, becoming more humble, does that make me less humble? <clears throat> Not unless how you're defining humility is thinking poorly of yourself. And now I'm wondering if I can remember who said it. Anyway, I think it was President Kimball, but maybe I'll look that up and get back to everyone. But um, one of the prophets has said, maybe President Benson, anyway, being humble is not thinking less about yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. Hmm. And so it's that. I think that was Elder Uchtdorf maybe. I think he he said it too, but I feel like it's old. Anyway. um, But yeah, sometimes, oftentimes we define. C.S. Lewis. (laughs) Did C.S. Lewis originally say it? Okay. So lots of prophets and apostles have probably quoted it. Thank you, Bert. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I think often we define humility as thinking less of ourselves or putting ourselves down or keeping ourselves low. But that's not how God defines humility. He, he defines it as not being so self-centered and preoccupied, which is required for being willing to submit to the will of the Lord, right? Like our will can't, uh, has to be, has to be given over for his, that requires humility and being teachable definitely requires humility, especially when you're being taught by someone who maybe might appear to be, um, a lesser, in in a worldly sense but all of it none of none of humility in god's eyes has to do with putting ourselves down um he doesn't want us to do that in fact we're commanded in a lot of various ways not to do that um and and has everything to do with uh how how teachable and how willing to be obedient to god we are and that we can definitely know we're doing better on and I don't yeah. think anyone would have a problem saying, I have been able to be more obedient at this thing, or I have been working on that. And no one would be like, oh, now you're being prideful. But uh, that's kind of what we're saying when we're like, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. It's a really fine line, Rivka. I think that Satan takes that, the idea that we are dependent on God. And when you go to preach my gospel and read through all the references, it's amazing how many times in the scriptures it says, I realized I am nothing or less than the dust of the earth or all these phrases like telling us that without God, we are nothing. 
Satan takes that and just pushes it a little bit off to the side into you're not, uh, you're not enough or, um, you know, what you do doesn't, yeah, you're worthless, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, when inherently that goes against everything we believe about our divine identities, right? Um, yes. And, or maybe he stops the phrase early. You are nothing without God, but with God, you know, you are, you can become, you, you can fulfill your eternal destiny. So yeah, it's definitely not about thinking less about, you know, thinking badly about yourself or even being self-effacing necessarily. It's about no. putting God's will first, which is sort of a totally different thing. Yeah. And recognizing, I think, the weaknesses that are inherent in mortality, which is a temporary experience for us. So we don't come here and lose mm. all of our divine worth and value. Well, we come here and we struggle a lot and we cannot we cannot successfully become what Heavenly Father wants us to become without his help. That's all I think for me, that's what that means when he says, you know, I'm nothing. It is that without the help, I, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. But that's just a statement of fact. That's not me kicking myself down. Right. Right. I love it. That's a hard, sometimes a hard yeah. line to walk, but a really important one to not get and, overwhelmed. And you're right. Satan really goes after us at, with that. Yeah. Well, um, he, he mentions confusing humility with being poor, but still being full of pride. You can, so Deanna loves to, to call this um, pride looking up. And I will give you a great example from my life of that. Uh, when I first got my first job out of residency and fellowship, I had a really old junky car. The car. <laughs> the rattler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. You can imagine why it was called that. Yeah. I'll give you three <laughs> and, guesses. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll only need one. Um, the emergency brake didn't work. A window wouldn't roll down in the back. Remember, I'm living in Wisconsin. My car was always negative 20 degrees in the winter. And, um, and I was like determined not to get rid of that car until we paid off our school loans. And I started to revel in it. Like I was wearing wool mittens with moose hide mittens <laughs> over top of that to be able to drive my car. And I was like, all these people around me are driving Beamers and Teslas. And look at me, I'm driving my old Saturn. <laughs> I'm so much better than them. <laughs> and Deanna was like, that is so prideful. I'm like, what are you talking about? I didn't buy the nice car. She's like, no, this is pride looking up. It is pride looking up. And um, it's just as bad as pride looking down. And uh, yeah, she taught me a really good lesson. And um, then she forced me to buy a new car. So, <laughs> uh, so don't do what I did or what Elder Cook did, which is get lost in your own pride. Um. Well, let's, we have gone a long time without hearing from Burke. So let's go back to Burke. Burke, did you have anything to add here or any other quotes? Well, I will admit that when I read this next, that I actually marked as one of my fundamental doctrines that I thought of you, Todd. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so oh above boy. all, in developing humility, we must also understand and accept that we are not able to overcome our challenges or to achieve our full potential through our own efforts only. Hmm. And I only thought about you because you talk about this a lot, but I'm guilty of the very same thing. Sort of the, uh, yes, I will do everything that is possible to be done. And if that fails, then also I will ask God for help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do that all the time, Burke. It is 
like my default position and I try to overcome it, but it is hard. It is hard for me. Well, and then how often when I'm in that position, Mm. and this is a quote from later in the talk, he says, I learned that the difficult situation to be solved was already in order and that my presence wouldn't even be necessary anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So much. But it doesn't stop me from, again, doing all the stress the next time. So Yeah, indeed. And that was a great, that was another uh, taxi story, by the yeah. way. <laughs> the taxi yeah, but thing. he was the one who had the gospel shared with him in the taxi. <laughs> it's true. I yeah. know. What a great way to put a twist on it for a lesson about humility, right? Yep. Um, and what a great way to realize that we are the Lord's tools in his hands but he has other tools too. Like the, the work is going to be accomplished. So we're doing this work to help people around us, but also for ourselves. The Lord's going to get it done with us or without us. So, you know, we're not the great cog turning the wheel. So yeah, great story there for those of us who struggle with that. Okay, well, we are getting uh, to the time where we need to go to invitations. This was a, a pretty short talk, and I think we've actually covered most of it, but I think it's worth a reread to go through these principles again. He really just summarize everything about humility in such a, a concise, but also um, piercing sort of way to to make us re-examine ourselves. So what did he invite us to do? Let's start with Rivka. Maybe one of my favorite things he said in this whole talk is this. During this conference, we've heard and will yet hear the unfailing counsel of our prophets and apostles. It is a perfect occasion to develop humility and let our strong opinions be swallowed by an even stronger conviction that the Lord does speak through these chosen leaders. And I thought that's just a phenomenal invitation. Yeah. Love that one. We all have strong opinions about something, right? Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. um, Burke, what invitation did you pull out? All right. Let's see here. Uh, Make and keep covenants with God. All right. I feel like it's in so many different talks, this conference, make and keep covenants with God. And the blessing is as doing so will give us full access to the healing, enabling and perfecting power of Jesus Christ through his atonement, which funny, just toss that in this thing about humility, but that also, again, so many aspects of the gospel. If you want it to work well, you need to make and keep covenants. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't work well unless unless we do that, right? I mean, the it, it makes sense that this goes with humility because we can read all the self-improvement things we want. And I had one youth um, who was like trying to biohack his way to better spirituality and all these other things. And and we can we can do all those. And and again, that's what I try to do myself is just like figure it out on my own. But but the real way to happiness, to perfection, to everything is through those covenants and through the atonement of Jesus Christ. So and you have to have humility as Aaliyah started us off with. That's the foundation. Um, Aaliyah, any other invitations or blessings? Yes. Um, at the very end, he quotes a hymn. And the first three words are the invitation and the rest is the promise. It says, be thou humble and the Lord thy God shall lead thee by the hand and give the answer to thy prayers. So if we're humble, God will guide us and give us answers. Awesome. I love it. Well, thanks for discussing that with us today. Um, to all three of you and to everyone listening, I really enjoyed it. It's one that I personally need. And that is why I chose humility for my talk here at the end of the month in my ward. So I'll be pondering this quite a bit this month. 
The next talk we're going to discuss is Seeing God's Family Through the Overview Lens by Sister Tamara W. Runya, First Counselor in the Young Women General Presidency. In the meantime, Ali is going to tell you how to get a hold of us. You can email us at wordsoftheprophetspodcast at gmail.com, or you can message us on our Facebook and Instagram at wordsoftheprophetspodcast. Awesome. Thanks, Aaliyah, and thanks to everyone else who joined us today. And until next time, keep the... If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.